Do you want to organize your finances, create wealth, and transform your wealth into a legacy? It's time to start today. Welcome to Octane. 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 My name is Andrew Wall. I'm the managing partner of CPA for IT. And I am Rachel Stedman, head of customer care. Our new podcast designed to give your small business the fuel it needs to succeed. Hi guys, it's Andrew Wall. Managing partner of CPA for IT. We are back again with another episode of Octane here again with my co-host Rachel Stedman. Rachel, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing good. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited to have you back and talk about what some people think is might think of as a relatively simple topic, uh-huh. uh, but I think is arguably one of the most important things is tracking revenue. And yes. you know this. Uh, can be can seem really simple because obviously people know that when people pay you that's revenue um, but it can be a little bit more complicated than that because you may need to track revenue by different provinces uh, by different states because of the different sales tax implications and we have talked or about sales tax. yeah or other countries or even uh, different product lines uh, because there is an obligation for tracking revenue from a tax perspective, uh, but also from a business management and a cost accounting perspective, you may want to be able to know and understand what your sales is by a certain product or service, uh, or maybe even a different stream if you're selling on Amazon versus Etsy. So, you know, how we break down revenue can get a lot more complicated than just, hey, have I sold the product or have I sold the service? Mm-hmm. Um, but before we talk about breaking down um, the different products and services that you sell and, and how to track those, um, maybe we can have a brief little discussion about the various pieces of technology that can mm-hmm. be used. Um, because yes. I guess starting on its most simple, you could just use something like a spreadsheet and, and our cred manual, right? That is true. Yeah. I mean, even when we're talking about, you know, the different aspects that you're mentioning, you know, the first thing that pops in my mind is, well, it's all based on what tools that you're using, right? Mm-hmm. That is really what's, uh, what's paramount and what's important. Um, you know, for clients that maybe are working on a contract and they only have one contract um, that they're working on one client maybe something as basic as an excel might work okay but clients that have a much more you know varieties of products as you said or different streams of revenue or even working on more than one project and maybe want to determine your um, your profitability on different projects you know the income the expenses associated to that you know something as basic as an Excel is just not going to cut it. Okay. It's going to be so important that the first thing that you think about is what tools are out there uh, to be able to make this easier to be able to track, of course. And you know, based on your t-shirts, we can tell who (laughs) you favor, (laughs) what products that you favor for Uh, clients to use. (laughs) Absolutely. And and there's some new, uh, there's some other products that I'd recommend that fit into this suite of tools too. Uh, like if you are doing e-commerce, there's tools like A2X to make this uh, that whole process simpler and easier. Um, and there's Avalara for capturing and managing sales tax. There's lots of different pieces of technology, but I think we've got to step back for a second and go, okay, 
what are our obligations? What are the things that we do need to, to, to keep track of? Because yes. I know particularly if, you know, let's set aside these e-commerce businesses and go back to some of our uh, core clients who are IT consultants who are mm -hmm. going through a staffing agency and having to use their time and billing system to uh, invoice the end client, um, in which case they're not necessarily um, keeping track of that in their own system. But it is of paramount importance that you do keep a copy of an invoice. And that can be uh, from, you know, a, um, you know, system that's used by your staffing agency, as long as you're printing out those individual monthly invoices. And those monthly invoices do need to have your GST or HST number on them. Um, that is that is paramount that they do have that, assuming, of course, that you are registered and applied for that, which brings in another question is when we when we talk about sales, when and where do you need to talk about sales tax, yes. um, which we have a whole dedicated episode for. So if yeah. you haven't listened to it, go back, rewind and go to yes. our sales tax episode. <laughs> Because we're, we're not going to jump into that now, uh, but it is important that you have those invoices. And sometimes people will just aggregate data. If you are in someone like an e-commerce where you're selling a lot of products and services um, and you're just aggregating that, that data to have one number flow through for easy bookkeeping. And while I'm okay with that from a bookkeeping standpoint, you've got to always remember that at one point you might be asked to sit across the table from a CRA auditor yep. and provide documentation, which means you need to keep records of individual invoices on them with the customer name, the customer address, your yep. name, your address, your GST, HST, or as yeah, well of services rendered. Period that it covers. Uh, there's some key pieces of information that you do need to track on each of these sales invoices. Um, and this, this is where it can get confusing because you've got a sales invoice, which is to track your revenue. And then you've got your supplier invoices, which is to track your expenses. Um, so sometimes in accounting language, we will use uh, the same terminology to represent, you know, an income and an expense. Uh, and that's when we talk about sales invoice versus supplier invoice. So I don't mean to confuse people with that. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. It is a lot to take in. And lots to take in. And, and you can see how a relatively simple topic such as revenue, which on the face of it is so simple and so easy, as you begin diving into it, you can understand that there are some more complications that you need to be aware of. And really the most important thing I want everyone thinking about is from a documentation standpoint, what do I need to have in place? Um, so that's, that's your starting point. And then, you know, once we have the documentation in place, then we start looking at, you know, what kind of volume of transactions am I doing? And will automation and technology be able to play a role in helping to make that easier? And that can be as simple as, you know, QuickBooks to be able to create the invoices and be able to have automatic renewing um, invoices that get created every single month. That might be using tools to automate the collection of payments uh, because creating the invoice is one step, collecting the revenue on those invoices yeah. is, is another. And so do you enable them to pay by credit card 
Um, and then if so, what payment processing tools are you using? Are you using Stripe? Are you using PayPal? Are you using QuickBooks payments? Um, and then how are you tracking all that information so that when you've recorded an invoice that you can say, okay, this invoice was uh, paid or it's still outstanding and what we would refer to as accounts receivable. Um, because this is something that we do need to track as accountants every year is we need to track not only what you have billed, but what you have collected. Yes. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions about revenue is that if you haven't collected it, you don't have to report it and it's not taxable. And, you know, as Rachel, you know, very all, all too well, that that's not the way it works. Yeah, and, and that's not the case at all. And especially when we're looking at a client's year end date, depending on when it is. So let's mm -hmm. say we're using an example of December. Right. And then sometimes a client, you know, gets paid um, in January and they think, oh, OK, well, that's for my next corporate tax year. But that's not the case, because if the services were rendered during the tax year, let's say December 1st to December 31st, if that's when the service was rendered, then that revenue or that income that you've received is really attributed to that particular tax year. So it is very important that we uh, keep track of that. And even for clients, you know, when you're looking at receiving payments from your clients, you know, having a good tool to whether it's send reminders or make it easier to for clients to pay, it's important because sometimes we have a lot of clients that have all of these outstanding accounts receivables, okay? Then you have a lot of cash flow issues. And then when it comes to, you know, file and pay your taxes, well, it's based on the invoices that you've issued. It has mm -hmm. nothing to do with whether or not you collected payments from your clients. Exactly. And, and I think it, that can get confusing too, is like what period, you know, uh, is applicable for the current year and what is not. And, you know, it can get, revenue recognition can get uh, complicated, particularly if you are in construction business where you have to recognize revenue, even if you haven't finished the job and invoiced it. For many of the IT consultants, it's really straightforward. It's like, when was the work performed, right? Yes. If it was... If you, if you invoice on January 3rd for work that was done from December 15th to December 31st, that's revenue for that December year end or December period. Uh, it's not uh, in January 3rd, right? So I think that that's one of the most important things. And then again, on you know any e-commerce type of clients or anything like that, you're really looking at, okay, when was the, when was the order placed? Not when was it fulfilled, right? Uh, because there can be a big gap between fulfillment and, and when the yeah. order is placed. The good news is for most of our e-commerce clients, you're probably using some form of technology to track and manage that. Uh, it's usually with our, our consulting clients who they're like, we, what do you mean I have to report revenue I haven't got yet? Yeah, they're a little bit unsure, especially when they're kind of new. They're a little unsure in terms of you know how things are done. Uh, but, you know, once someone has been in the industry for quite some time, they get used to the knack and, you know, have a better understanding of it. Yeah, and it, it gets really straightforward after your first couple of years and you're like, ah, right. Uh, so it's, I'm, I'm recording that. It's not ever double counted. I don't count it again next year. Um, and there is a mechanism for us tracking that. So we have this special account on our balance sheet called the accounts receivable, which keeps track of all the individual invoices that were outstanding at the end of the year. And then, you know, at the next year, we do process when we receive that money, it doesn't count as revenue, it reduces yeah. the accounts receivable amount. Yeah. Um, so we, we have a whole process um, uh, to recognize that revenue in the appropriate periods. If you don't understand this, or you have more questions about it, I do encourage to, you to reach out 
uh, to your accounting team. I can guarantee you that if you give us your financial information and there is no accounts receivable noted, we are going to reach out to you and ask yes. you about it because it is, yeah. it is very, very rare for not there not to be any accounts receivable. Um, so we hope you understand this concept. And again, uh, if you need any more help, again, go to our website, check out our blogs, uh, learn more about it. And again, go back and check out that sales tax because that's a whole nother component of revenue recognition that Indeed. deserves its own podcast into itself. Um, anything else, Rachel, you think we need to note when it comes to, no, to revenue I mean, recognition? Here's the thing. I know with a lot of clients, you know, they might think it's a bit challenging having to know all of these different things. And as you mentioned, you know, we do check to see whether or not there is any accounts receivable. And, you know, we have a way of making sure that we're double checking, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's why we also ask clients to provide us all your invoices, right? Because we want to see, we want to double check so that we can make sure that in case you didn't know and you didn't record it properly from a bookkeeping standpoint, you know, we have our ways to, you know, checks and balances to make sure that we're not um, excluding income or even in subsequent years, you know, doubling up on income because we're including, um, you know, income from a prior period. So, you know, we're def definitely there to be able to help clients to kind of smooth things out um, one way or the other. And that does remind me, that's, you know, another reason why we do ask you to provide the 13th month bank yes. statement. So if your year end is December, we want January through to December plus the January for the next year. And the reason we ask for that is because not always, but in most situations, that first deposit in January is the accounts receivable from yeah. December. That um, is true. So this is, this is why we ask for this. We don't just ask for things unnecessarily. Uh, there is a method to our madness. There is. Um, and hopefully we're going to convert all of you to being a little bit mad like us. Um, and but on that note, I, I think it's, uh, we'll call it an episode today and we'll be back next week with some more content to help you guys organize your finances, create wealth and transform wealth into a legacy. Thanks again, Rachel. Thank you, Andrew. Bye-bye.